team-by-team breakdowns, and uh, this brings Jim and I uh, over to Philadelphia. We're talking Phillies baseball here. Uh, Jim, as we always do with our front office insights, we cover. We got to cover a, a wide range of uh, of things. We got to talk about what went down in the off season. We got to talk about what the starting position players look like. We got to talk about the team's hitting depth. We got to talk about uh, strengths and weaknesses on offense. Their pitching, their bullpen, rookies. Far. I mean, there's so much ground to cover here. So uh, let's get to it right now. Here, Philadelphia Phillies. Let's start off. How'd you like their offseason? I love the offseason, Howard. I give them an A led by the president, uh, Dave Dombrowski and GM Sam Fold. Um, Their biggest move was signing Trey Turner to an 11-year, $300 million deal. Trey Turner is in a lot of leagues going first overall, if not second or third. Last year, 21 homers, 27 steals. And most people believe both those numbers will go up uh, playing half his games in Philadelphia, uh, along with the new rule changes with the size of the bases and and the disengagements of the pitchers. Um, They also signed Taiwan Walker to help fortify the rotation on a four-year $72 million deal. And they improved the bullpen a lot. Um, In free agency, they picked up Matt Strom and, and Craig Kimbrell. Um, and also picked up infielder Josh Harrison, which was a need, and I'll tell you why, because they made some trades and they traded some of their infield depth, uh, which made the need to get Harrison. So their biggest trade was the acquisition of Gregory Soto, the left-handed closer of the Detroit Tigers. They picked him up along with infielder Cody Clemens, son of Roger Clemens, in a trade for infielder Nick Maton, outfielder Matt Verling, and catcher Donnie Sands. Um, so those were the big moves they made this offseason. So we have a team that was in the World Series that, quite frankly, bullpen got better, lineup got better, and defense got better, uh, putting them in a very, very strong position to get back to the playoffs next year. All right. Well, then let's let's take that with the offseason moves and the things they did, and let's take a look at you know, around the horn and uh, and see what we've got going on. Uh, Real Mudo, we know what he's all about behind the plate. He's going in the late second round. Um, at first base, you've got Reese Hoskins, Bryson Stott penciled in at second base, Alec Baum at third, Trey Turner, the newly acquired shortstop. Uh, in the outfield, Kyle Schwarber, what a masher. They've got Brandon Marsh. Nick Castellanos is here. They also have Derek Hall, uh, who can work in as the uh, as the DH. Um, I mean, that's what it sounds like for, to me is what the starting lineup's going to be. Did I miss anybody? No, you didn't. So let me quickly go through that starting lineup and give you a quick nugget on each. So Kyle Schwarber led the National League at homers last year. Now, now you take away the shift. That'll increase his batting average. Now you put Trey Turner in front of him, which more fastballs. Also, Schwarber's value is going to be really higher than it was last year. Reese, Reese Hoskins is 30 homers with a low batting average. That won't change. You mentioned Real Muto, only the second catcher in baseball history to 20 homers and still 20 bags in a year last year. Uh, best, but he and Adley Rutschman, Will Smith are the three best catchers in fantasy. Nick Castellanos, I'm predicting a bounce back year. For him, uh, his wife had a baby last year. It, it was his first year in Philadelphia. All that adds up to a subpar year. Castellanos is a sleeper. I really like uh, Alec Baum this year. Um, third base is a shallow position. Um, and both Dave Dabrowski, the president, and Robbie Thompson, the manager, have told me separately they believe there's a whole nother gear in there 
for Alec Baum, who, by the way, hit a bomb today as well. Um, so Bryce Harper, um, for a lot of people, where he's going in drafts in the 11th or 12th round is a bargain. Uh, mm-hmm. He's reporting to camp this week. And although people are saying July, I'm hearing he may be DHing before that. Really? Bryce Harper's a difference maker when he lands back there. So take a deep breath, everybody. Wow, that would be that's very, very interesting news. That would be crazy if he came back a little early. Um, yeah, all right. I mean, listen, I, you know, there, there's a lot to love here. I mean, fantasy wise from this starting lineup, you know, obviously Turner um, is the uh, he's the he's the first round pick. Uh, then you've got Real Muto and Schwarber, who are kind of going right around the same time uh, as well. The rest of this crew. You can even, and I'm even including Nick Castellanos. You could probably wait a little bit. I think I got Castellanos in like the the 11th or 12th round of a 15 teamer. So and that's about you know, that's about right. And I think it's going to be a good value. There is is my point. I, I'm yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, how do you like their depth overall? You got guys like Jake Cave is floating around. They bring in Josh Harrison. Edmundo Sosa is really good. Really slick with the glove. And then you highlighted Cody Clemens, by the way, as well, also. Yeah, I don't think there's any fantasy relevance in any of those guys. I think in reality, they're they're okay bench. You know, if you get injuries, though, I don't look at their bench saying, ooh, they have an everyday guy. I mean, certainly Josh Harrison could fill in. We all know him and have seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, so says you mentioned, you can catch the ball. No fantasy value there either. Uh, neither does Clemens. So, you know, I, I don't love their depth if there's injuries, but I don't think that's going to be a factor as good as this lineup is. Well, as so long as everybody stays healthy, that's obviously what we uh, what what we're all hoping for there. All right, so that's what we got in the field. Let's talk about what the Phillies have on the mound uh, right now. I'm seeing Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Taiwan Walker, the infamous Ranger Suarez. Here we go, like the back end of this uh, this rotation. Ranger Suarez barely falter. You got to have some reservations about the two lefties, but. This team does also have Andrew Painter waiting in the wings. Yeah, and you got to pay attention to Painter because both Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold said they're open to him making their team on opening day. So I wouldn't ignore that. The other thing that was interesting, when they set their pitching for this week, if you notice, they went Nola, Wheeler, Painter, back to back to back. Um, hopeful thinking, maybe. Mm-hmm. Painter's that good. You know, Dave Dombrowski drafted... Beckett in Miami, he drafted Verlander in Detroit, and he thinks Painter's that caliber. So, again, watch him in the spring. He's a bargain right now in fantasy. If he makes the team and and lives up to expectations, they may have three number one starters before it's all said and done. Taiwan Walker's a good fifth starter in fantasy. I, I, I personally wouldn't spend time on Suarez or Falter. Okay, that makes sense. So we're fishing at the uh, at the top end. Uh, of this uh, of this rotation here for the Phillies, which makes sense. I'm fine with with not getting you know Ranger Suarez. They, they, he had some hype last year, and everybody who's painting him as this uh, this great sleeper. No no pun intended on the paint line. Um, but yeah, I mean he really just he completely disappointed, and you know we, I think we kind of seen what what we've seen with him, and I, I think we know what kind of a pitcher he is. So I would love to see Painter get that that opportunity. Uh, from there, um, bullpen. This is, I mean, obviously, like you said, they brought in Craig Kimbrell. They also brought in Gregory Soto. Uh, and unfortunately to me, it looks like the way that they've built this bullpen gym is that they're hoping 
to just kind of play the matchups. I don't I don't see a, a full time closer here. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Sir Anthony Dominguez could be that guy. I think Jose Alvarado will get some. Kimbrel's had a history of doing that role. Gregory mm-hmm. Soto has history. I would be very nervous to take a Philly closer. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Dominguez. But I, I'd be very nervous because, to your point, they've got four guys capable of closing. In Dominguez, Alvarado, Kimbrel, and Soto. Four guys that have done it. That concerns me. You know, bullpens change from year to year. All you have to do is look at the last 10 years to see how much it... It'll change. Like, the closers on opening day, 40% of them will be different on June 1st. 40% of them. Yeah. So, it's it's really... You got to be careful. And the problem with the Phillies is you, you just have too many options that can close. And too many guys that have great stuff, but really command and control are an issue for Alvarado, Kimberl, and Soto, at least. So, um, it's going to be interesting. They got a lot of talent back there. I like their bullpen better in reality than I do in fantasy, though. Which definitely makes sense, and I think that the, you know it's it's one of those things we see it all the time when when a, when a team builds the bullpen. I think you and I we talked to Jerry Depoto from the Mariners who said he built that bullpen to play matchups. So having four bona fide closers or guys who at least have that closing experience in this bullpen for the Phillies, I think it's important to note that it might not be a great place to hang out. Uh, from a fantasy perspective. So we've got the starters. We've got the position players. We've got the, 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 the starting rotation. We've got the bullpen. It's all kind of put together there. Obviously, Philadelphia Phillies are a team that we are very much interested in from a fantasy perspective. Um, rookies on the horizon. You know, Obviously, Painter is the number one guy, but anybody else that might intrigue you? Well, you've got to love Mick Abel, okay? So there's another top-end pitching prospect. Uh, look, Painter profiles to be a one. Abel profiles to be a two. So that's a young pitcher that you better pay attention to, especially if you're in a dynasty league. He's got a chance to be special, missing bats at a high level. they got an outfielder by the name of Justin Crawford. He's a stud. They've got a second baseman named Ha-Yu Lee. Love him as well. And another pitching prospect don't sleep on, Griff McGarry. So, you know, I mentioned those four prospects along with Painter. Those are five legitimate, you know, high-end prospects that the Phillies have coming. So they're in pretty good shape here with that next generation of prospects. Do these prospects have, like, because we've talked about it, so so the depth, we don't like the bench depth that's sitting there for the Phillies right now. Do some of these rookies, like, I mean, because this obviously this this will kind of bleed into the conversation that we always have where we start talking about the front office and how aggressive they're going to be, um, you know, come the trade deadline, if they're in, if they're out. Um, but, you know, how aggressive are they going to be with bringing up some of these kids if an injury does happen with the Phillies and we're not enamored with the Jake Caves of the world? Yeah, let's be very, very clear. If the Phillies need to make a trade to get a piece to win, they will go down that path. As long as that path doesn't include Painter or Abel, any other prospects will be on the board. They will be in consideration if the right deal is there, sitting there. Now, they're about as far as they want to go payroll-wise. They're in the top, um, they're number four right now in payroll. Uh, You've got the Mets the Yankees, the Padres, the Phillies, and the Dodgers, the top five payrolls in baseball. 
So it's not that they want to spend more money, but they are built to win a World Series this year. They're in the toughest division in baseball. I don't ever remember a year where I looked at one division in baseball. I don't ever remember this. Or I could say to you that I think three teams can win 100 games this year. The Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, and that's how I feel. Three teams! So it's going to be a fight to win the division. It's going to be a fight to get a wild card berth. Uh, Phillies are going to do what it takes. Which is something good to hear. I mean, Dave Dombrowski, I mean, how many years have you known Dave Dombrowski? (laughs) How many times have we gone over Dave Dombrowski's teams um, so yeah, I think that that's definitely worth noting. It's definitely worth noting overall. Um, all right, Jim, one of the things that I always like to do when we, uh, when we do our front office insights, um, I ask you for one sleeper and I ask you for one bust from these starting players who we've talked about. So are you ready to put your stamp on it? I, I will be ready by the time you ask me. <laughs> Here you go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So the sleeper I'm going to go with is Alec Baum. Um, I feel really good about what he's capable of doing. And there's more in the tank than what you saw. I, I really believe that. And because third base is so thin, I think he'll be a quality uh, late, later pick. So he, without a doubt, to me, is going to be the sleeper there. And I hate to go bust here. But I'm going to have to go to Brandon Marsh for the bust. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope he has the breakout season. I know he's worked very hard in Arizona this offseason to speed that bat up. Um, I think he's a good defensive center fielder. I like him. But I just, I don't see at the plate, I haven't been able to see the progression I was hoping to see. Um, So I think he's the bust. Well, that is incredibly disappointing. So are you so I mean if if Brandon Marsh is the bust and obviously then going to be the odd man out once uh our good friend Bryce Harper comes back, what happens with Derek Hall uh over at the DH spot? I mean, obviously I mean Harper DH is when he comes back. Harper DH is when he comes back, so who plays center? Marsh plays center, but he's a Marsh. bust. He but doesn't he's hit, a bust anyway. And he doesn't have to because he's there for the defense. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Listen to that. The Philadelphia Phillies right there. In a nutshell, um, it's what we do here at Front Office Insights. We take you through the team. We talk about the potential. We talk about who we like for fantasy, who we don't like for fantasy. And then uh, and then we kind of take a look at, uh, at certain things. I like the fact now, and you dynasty people need to pay attention. It's like what Jim just said. If the Phillies are in it, which we expect them to be, no prospect, save for uh, save for Abel and uh, and Painter. No prospect is safe. They could be landing uh, in some different spots. So pay attention to all of that right there. That's front office insights for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's Jim Bowden. I'm Howard Bender, and you're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio.